Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with life coach and performance enhancer, I love that title, Craig Siegel. Craig and I had a great conversation as he shared his journey as somebody who spent his life, early years on Wall Street, doing the do, really, really diving into his work, but not feeling that level of fulfillment that he wanted to do. And it wasn't until he hit a lower point in his life where he realized that maybe there's something more that I can be doing to help impact others. And he dove into coaching and performance enhancing. And I love that in that he is helping people to take the level that they think that they can achieve and realize that they can actually step far past that by really diving in and doing the work. So he helps to elevate everyone past the level that they even saw for themselves. This was a beautiful conversation where we talked about that our stories are not done. No matter where we are, we always have a choice in what we do with our stories. And we take ownership and embrace where we are in our journey and realize that we can absolutely rewrite the ending in any way, shape, or form that we want. He shares with us very vulnerably his story, and we get to share and highlight the impact that he is here to create. I know you're going to love this episode. Welcome to the show today, Craig. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much, Marsha. It's a pleasure to be here. Very grateful. Awesome. Me too. I am going to jump right in. I want people to get a chance to know you a little bit before we really dive into you and your story. Can you tell us where you're from? I'm from New York. I grew up in Long Island. I currently live in Manhattan in the Big Apple. I don't know if you can tell by the accent. (laughs) So, but I didn't want to judge, but I was pretty sure that's where it was from. Do you have a book that you have read that has been impactful for you? I've read a ton of books, one off the top of my head. And the only reason why I bring this one up is because I went back to it recently. It is called The 48 Laws of Power. Are you familiar? Uh, Yes, I am familiar. I haven't read this one, but it's come up as the book a number of people have mentioned on the podcast. Very deep. Very good. It's a big book, is it not? It is, but yes, it's but it's this, one of those, but it's one, correct, but it's one of those books where it's not like a novel per se, like you can go back to different chapters at different times and pinpoint stuff that you like. That's awesome. That's awesome. No, I definitely yeah. have seen that one come across. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra or something that you live by? You know what I do? Um, and I was recently, they recently did a feature on us on my business, Cultivate Lasting Symphony. And it, the mantra that I absolutely love is this. It's take the thing you love and make it your life. Because mm-hmm. the reality is, is so many people wake up every single day and they're miserable and they're depressed and they're not happy. And meanwhile, they're doing things that they don't even like. 
you know, if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's a very short trip. It's unpredictable. Might as well find what you absolutely love and make every moment count, really make a difference. I love that. I think that that's a great message of what a lot of us have learned during this pandemic is that we don't actually have control over a lot of the things that are happening outside of us, but we do have control with what we choose to do. Absolutely. Do you have a mentor who has impacted your life? It can be somebody you met Um, or somebody you haven't. So it's, it's a very interesting question. You know, I studied NLP for years, especially Mm -hmm. when I started on wall street, um, a gentleman by the name of Sean, who really helped me understand how to tweak your mindset and how, you know, the map is not the territory as they say, and how Mm -hmm. you can reframe your perspective and stuff like that. But really for me, what's a little bit unique is I've just been doing so much, as I like to say, sharpening of the ax and different books and reading and just taking quotes from movies and all different things. And I have like 10 different journals on my dining room table and I'm always writing in them and I just have all these types of notes. So it's like, it's almost like the world has been my mentor. It's a little bit strange of an answer, I know. No, no. Uh, but I've gotten little things from so many different places and I kind of combined them and kind of molded this, you know, this this version of Craig that you speak with here today. I love that. I love that because I do think that there's a lot of information and content available for us that not I'm not talking about where we are taking everything in, but we're taking in what speaks to us and but being open to receiving yeah. different messages that are there. Awesome. And there's usually a message in everything if you if you look for it. Always. Always there is. What is what lights you up and what drives you? Like what drives you? It's a fantastic question. So for me, again, it hasn't always been like this, right? No one's life goes up in a straight line, there's peaks and there's valleys, but I really finally found myself in my calling and my purpose and what drives me. And the answer to your question is the ability to help people because I think a lot of people think, Marsha, that their story has an ending already printed out and that mm-hmm. it is what it is. The circumstances are what they are, but the reality is it's never too late and you can change the ending of your story with, with mindset tweaks and perspective and working on different things about yourself and your perception and living in a state of gratitude. So to answer your question, not sure what drives me, what fuels my fire is being able to help people to create that spark, to get on fire for life again, to wake up excited about life and seeing that in people really drives me. That's so good. That is so good. So you are a life coach and performance enhancer, which I love the, I love the title. I'm always fascinated because we see all kinds of life coaches and I love when a person says, well, I'm a life coach. I'm like a life coach of what? Because life coaching is like, it's pretty big and broad. So I think it's it is, great it that you are more specific as far as performance enhancer. What does that mean? What is a performance enhancer? So mm-hmm. I like to say that I help people manufacture breakthroughs in all facets of life, whether that be trying to find your career and purpose, trying to find the right person for relationship, trying to have some athletic achievements, for example, Something that I did a couple years back was go from unable to run a mile to run four marathons. In any area of life, I believe that you can achieve unbelievable success, success that you never thought possible by tweaking your mindset. And so you're right. Life coach is pretty generic and pretty broad. So when I say performance enhancer, anything that you really want to do, really want any breakthrough that you really want to accomplish, we can get there. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you, as a performance enhancer, you obviously learned a lot of these tools yourself, which is why you can teach them and help others with that. 
take us back yeah. to your story where you were a point that you actually had to learn your own skills. That's a great question. So I'll give you an example. After mm-hmm. college, uh, I went to Wall Street. I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do. I was kind of lost in the wilderness with no compass, but I was ambitious and I ended up working on Wall Street. And at that point, I didn't have a ton of confidence. I wasn't as, you didn't have this aura that you see here today. And I was more of an introvert and I wanted to get great. I wanted to be good. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to help people. I wanted to make a name for myself on Wall Street. And so I started studying NLP and modeling and anchoring, and I was able to kind of rebuild my confidence And at that point, I realized that, you know, talent is very overrated. There's a lot of wasted talent in this world, but developing skill sets and learning certain technologies, if you will, such as mindset tweaks and stuff of that nature, you could do almost anything. Mm -hmm. And is that how long did you help people with that? Did you help people in like while you were on Wall Street or did you stay on Wall Street for very long? So I stayed on Wall Street for about six years. And at that time, that was my life. And I thought that would be my career. Um, And I I was helping people not officially. So like everybody would gravitate towards me um, since I kind of rebuilt this persona of, you know, mindset tweaks and I was able to transform. And I've been helping people for years, but only until recently that I put it all together and actually make this my calling in my life to answer your question. Okay. So what made you want to make this your calling in your life? It's a great question. So at at a time, Wall Street was it for me. I thought this is it, you know, the bright lights, the big city of Manhattan. And there's a lot of cool things that go along with Wall Street, kind of like the movies. Um, But the truth of the matter is, is what I loved about it didn't last so long because it started to become very stressful. And it provided a ton of anxiety for me. And even though I was generating wealth for myself and my family, more than I even, you know, ever dreamed possible. It came with a ton of baggage. And to be honest with you, I wasn't sleeping at night. And then I didn't, I wasn't waking up excited. And I fell into a little bit of a depression when I realized that, you know, this career on Wall Street, although it had a ton of highs, I think the downs started to outweigh the highs. And I started to, you know, basically come to a reality that I was going to have to pivot and segue into something different. And so I did. Um, and I left Wall Street. It was just too much on me. And at that time, I also realized money is not the most important thing by any means. Happiness and fulfillment is, and I wasn't fulfilled. Then I started a different business, a completely different career, um, which essentially we provided working capital to small businesses all across the country. And it was good, a lot less stressful. But if I'm being 100% honest with you, and I always will be, I wasn't exactly waking up you know, doing a backflip out of bed. Like I can't wait to go. <laughs> Jumping up, ready to capital. go. <laughs> yeah. And again, this was lucrative too, but like, I wasn't like getting all pumped up to provide working capital. I just wasn't, even though I was helping businesses, it just wasn't. And so I kind of, you know, I was still in a little bit of, I was still down and I, I couldn't find myself per se. And it was at this time, a lot of things were going on at once. I wasn't excited about work. Um, I had just gotten out of a relationship that, you know, lasted about five years. My father was actually diagnosed with cancer. Just had a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, I found myself at a very low place, like almost rock bottom, I would say. Actually, I would definitely say that was my rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And then from there, um, you know, I slowly but surely started to climb out. And I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, Marsha, but I knew I wanted to do something. And I started channeling all this built up energy to running. 
And somehow it went from not being able to run a mile to running the New York City Marathon within maybe six months. I did it originally to inspire my dad, who's fighting you know, a very tough battle with cancer, and he's still fighting it, and I'm so proud of him. Um, but then I got addicted to the running. It was an outlet for me. It allowed me to pour all this energy and built up you know, just fuel that I had. And, and I knew that the Wall Street thing wasn't for me. The working capital thing, although it was good, it wasn't really what I wanted to do for the next 30 years. And so the running, I got really good at. I ran four marathons that very next year. I had an, a PR personal record of 339 in the pouring oh. <laughs> Sorry. As a non-runner, I'm like, no. wow, kudos to you. That's amazing. Thank you. And then from there, um, I, it wasn't like I wanted to be a professional runner. I just have an addictive personality and I loved it. Um, but I'll be honest with you, when the pandemic happened, it was like the first time where I was able to actually take a step back and like just chill for a minute for lack of better words and really dive deep. And I know this is going to sound a little spiritual and whatnot, but I'm always going to keep it hundred percent honest with you. I, I spoke with God and the stars aligned and of course helping people, you know, personal development, transformation, that was always my thing. The writing was always on the wall, but when I had a second to put it together, I did. And I created this brand called cultivate lasting symphony, which is actually a play on my initials CLS. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just started running with it. And I went 100 miles an hour like I do with everything else. Yeah. And everybody just gravitated towards the message. You know, I wanted to come across as very humble. Not one of these guys who are like standing next to a private jet in their Rolex. It's not me. I wanted no. to be able to relate to people and help them. And I didn't know where. Like I launched a program and sold out in two seconds. I couldn't believe it. And then I, I was watching, you know, me manufacture breakthroughs for these people and, and people like I have a client who's much older, like in her seventies. And we got that spark back for her and she has so much life to live right now. And she's on fire and she's waking up excited. And, you know, this is something that she was missing for so long. And I deal with all types of clients, you name it on every end of the spectrum. And this is my calling. It's what I'm great at and seeing people see that light come on and really transform and understand that if you can relate to this, when you're at rock bottom, it feels like the walls are caving in and it feels very dark, but it doesn't have to be the ending of your story. As long as you own it, you make peace with it and move forward. Oh, well, you're speaking all my language and you know that. That is totally yes, where, yeah, it's like, so the rock bottom piece, um, there's a couple things I wanted to ask you before I forget here. What were some of the first sure. steps you took when you were, when you realized or recognized, did you recognize that was your rock bottom or can you look back now and see that that was your rock bottom? I knew, you know, I was in a place that I, I was doing something. I just wasn't proud of where I was heading and I wasn't excited and I felt a lot of negativity. Mm -hmm. So I pretty much knew that I had to make some changes because as the old, you know, saying goes, nothing changes if nothing changes. And so no. I started taking some steps and I climbed out. And your first few steps, what did they look like? Like what, what kinds of things did you have to do to make that change? In order to make a big change, I think that priority number one is you have to acknowledge that mm -hmm. change needs to be made. Sometimes, you know, I'll see in a lot of my clients they don't realize that what they're doing is, I don't want to say dead end, but like, it's not a productive path. Mm -hmm. And if you can acknowledge that, you can start to climb. You could start to make some changes. And you have to, this is going to sound a little deep, but 
you know, you have to get to the point where it's like you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. The, mm -hmm. the thought of not changing mm -hmm. is significantly worse than the scary step of making a first step to change. I, that makes sense. That, oh, no, I couldn't agree more. People say all the time, well, that's hard. Making that change is hard. I'm like, you just told me how hard your life is right now and you're stuck and miserable where you are. So which one's harder? Like they're both hard. Correct. So staying yeah. stuck in playing 100%. in this space, you know, you can do more. That's life sucking. Like that is, that Absolutely. is life sucking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, well, there's one point where I was just existing. I wasn't even mm -hmm. alive. Yeah. It's there's, and I, I'm going to butcher this quote because I can't think of who said it, but it's when you make your journey about something bigger than yourself is when you actually find fulfillment and That's it's beautiful. almost, it's, I, I, I wish I knew who said it off the top of my head. I don't, but I'm going to apply it to your story right now. And the fact that it sounds like, you know, here you are on the wall street, wall street process and doing everything there, accumulating wealth, doing things that, that you knew it didn't fulfill you, but it still is what you did and nothing wrong with it. And then you take it into like investing in other companies and doing things, but it still is not fulfilling you in a way. Now all of a sudden it's like, who can I help and what can I do to create impact? And you are making that journey about other people. It's ironically, I find is where fulfillment comes from is when we can actually help someone else with their journey is when it can make the most difference. 100% agree with you. And that's a hard, how do people, how do you help people get outside of their headspace when they are stuck? Like, how do you, how do you help them to see that, you know, cause I believe, I believe we all have something to offer. I believe we all have something. We all have our own unique gifts. We have something, we're all meant to do some kind of impact here, but most of us, a lot of us spend time so stuck in thinking that we can't figure out what it's going to look like that we just stop thinking we play really small. So how do you help to encourage your clients to think bigger and think outside of themselves? It's a great question. You know, so part of my program, the Moonshot Masterpiece Experience, I have- Love that name. Can module. you say it again? Can you say that the name is awesome? The, moon, the Moonshot Masterpiece Experience. Love it. Love it. It's not Go a ahead. program. It's an experience. Yeah, I love um, it. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. It's very me, very unique, very weird. I am weird. I'll never deny that. I'll embrace every fact of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Same here. It's all good. Good, good. In regards to that, um, I have an exercise that I do. You know, one of them is what's a big moonshot that you want to accomplish, hypothetically speaking, from a dreamer's perspective? Like, if you could do anything like a little kid, what would it be? And I tell my clients to set up three different chairs in a room, right? One is going to be the dreamer. Think big, tell us what you want to do. What's a big moonshot. And then the other chair you sit in and you take this mentality as a critic. And then you pretend that you're kind of hating on the ideas of the dreamer. Well, it's not going to work because of this, or no one's going to believe you because who are you? Or, you know, why should someone buy into you? And then the third chair is the realist. And then you take what the dreamer wanted to do. You incorporate the critics, um, concerns, and then you figure out what will actually work and how do we accomplish this. And it's actually mm. one of the exercises that I use to start CLS. It's very powerful. Um, you know, for someone who's kind of stuck in the rut, and like you said, they're playing small and they're, they're having trouble seeing what they're truly capable of. It's a very good exercise. You know, it's never too late to, mm -mm. to aim big, shoot for the moon and then some. I love that message. I think that that is really, really important. 
And I think that that's something that a lot of people can resonate with. So a lot of the clients that you work with, it sounds like there's a lot of different age brackets and a lot of different people. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I'll say this. My client portfolio now is significantly more diversified than ever was on Wall Street. I have clients (laughs) of all ages. It's, but you know what? That's what I love is to be able to engage and go on journeys with people from all walks of life. I absolutely love it. So tell us about your niche client then. Like who, this is where I find it's interesting because when you're coaching on some of these concepts, sometimes it's not necessarily that, oh, my client is Susie and she is 40 to 55 and all that. I don't, I don't necessarily buy into that. I see it more as like, where are they at in their journey and what do they want to create or do or become? But that's just my thoughts. What are your thoughts on that? It's tough because I'm still trying to figure out my niche client, but it just so happens that my clients are all going through different situations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, a couple of my clients are very successful from a business standpoint, but they can't seem to get off the hamster wheel when it comes to nutrition and fitness. They have no discipline there, helping some clients with that. Mm-hmm. I have some middle-aged women who are divorced or got out of a nasty relationship and they're kind of trying to find that spark back, get excited about life again, maybe even choose a new career and pivot from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have all different types. So it, it's tough for me to say one specific one, but the one thing that you know I could say that is, is in common with everybody is they realize that they could use a mentor. They could use someone to have their back. They can use someone to put together a strategy for them and help them out. And I think that's the most important thing, just to touch upon what we what we said earlier. You know, never be afraid to ask for help. I love to ask for help, mm-hmm. um, and I know you do as well. And that's mm-hmm. what's key. I thank you for sharing all that because I think that that will speak to people to realize that this is something that they they do want to do. I think people do realize there's a lot of people who are just really going through the motions, like going through the full motions of I guess this is my life. I guess this is what I have you know, I'm a certain age, I can't change that. And I think that there's this message that yes, we talk about rock bottom, but you don't actually have to hit rock bottom before you make a change. Correct. Right. It and doesn't, if, if I hope to be the one to be able to let someone know that so they don't have to hit rock bottom so they can learn from, you know, experiences that I went through, maybe what you went through, you don't have to hit rock bottom. You know, mm-hmm. and you're right. It's never too late. And there is so much more available to us in terms of potential. Definitely yeah. agree with you. A hundred percent. What, what is one experience that shaped you and made you into who you are today? What do you think is like um, a major experience that has, has maybe put you on this path to say, no, I'm, I'm not playing small anymore. I'm here to do something big. Um, I think that, you know, when I left Wall Street and there was a time when I was so consumed in that and I really thought that this was it. And mm-hmm. and then it really just kind of all did a 180 with all the stress and um, I just felt stuck. I felt like I was a prisoner to every day and I was waking up with shackles on mm-hmm. and and I had trouble breaking free from it. I had trouble letting go. Um, you know, from the identity? One way, like letting go of the identity of who you were? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, the identity mm-hmm. uh, of who I am. You know, who is Craig Siegel if he's not Craig Siegel on Wall Street on fire? Mm-hmm. And then it, you know, it took a while to redefine myself, go through some more stuff, and 
And it helped me to understand that a lot of people are probably going through similar situations, maybe even a lot deeper, maybe less deep, whatever the case may be, you know, making peace with your past and owning it and first tie up any loose ends that you can, but most importantly, own it. It happened. It is what it is. What did we learn from it? And it's okay to pivot and realize that there is life after life and going forward, you know, there's a whole other abundance, um, a world out there for us to experience. Even if you, if something happens, it throws like a, a curveball in your life. It it's tough. It hurts. It's a tough pill to swallow, but it's part of life. And when you own it, you embrace it, and you make peace with it. It can kind of help you pivot to what you're really supposed to do. And that's where I am today. My calling is helping people transform and realize that even though they're stuck, it's not them that's broken. It's their mm-hmm. frames and their mindset. And we tweak that and. You know, it's a whole different life from there. You just, you answered one of my questions I was going to ask, which I loved about owning <laughs> it or ownership. I'm like, I just answered it. But yeah. it's basically, like you said that, that it's like making peace with where you're at and take full ownership for it, like embrace it and move on. It's not, a lot of people mistake the word ownership for like, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm in this spot again. I cannot believe I've made this mistake again. And I'm like, no, that's blame. That's not ownership. There's two different things. So ownership, is there anything else you want to add on that? Because I think you said it really beautifully, really beautifully is I think ownership is really important in order to be able to move forward. And because we have to recognize where we're coming from. You know what? I was doing a little diligence on some of your stuff and I happen to love your content, by the way. I wasn't just doing it because I was going to be a guest. Yeah, I really do love it. It's very relatable to me. And I think something along the lines of what you said was in terms of feeling shame or guilt or, you know, other stuff towards some of your experiences. And, you know, I, I'll, I felt all those emotions and then some, and mm-hmm. there has to come a point where you have to realize that you no longer feel sorry for yourself because mm-hmm. whatever happened is what it is. It happened for a reason. We're going to learn from it. And once you finally make peace with that, that this isn't poor you. This is a part of your journey. Then you can really kind of leave first base and start heading towards second and then some. But you really have to, you know, it took me a little while, I'll be honest. Even when I thought I was over the stuff that I was dealing with, I really wasn't Mm -hmm. because I was still holding on to it. And as a result, it owned me. I didn't own it. And then finally, eventually I owned it. (laughs) You cannot see me, but I'm like grinning ear to ear. I'm I can see you. You can see me. No one else can. I'm just grinning ear to ear. Like, it's like, I say that these, because the reason I use these words is they literally saved me. They saved me a couple years ago where I was like, I'm either going to drown. Like the shackles are on, I'm holding the key and I'm going down in the quicksand. Like I have got to change. And it started as simple as changing my words. Like I have to change my words. Wait, am I owning this story or is this story owning me? And I'm like, oh shit, it's totally owning me. Like it's totally (laughs) owning me. I have got to change this. One of the words, one of the words that it took me a long time to actually really not just say, but actually mean, and you said it just now is that life is happening for you, not to you. I, that was a trigger for me. I'm not going to lie. People would say, oh, life is happening for you. And I'm like, really? Cause I'm living in an absolute shit show here. Like, how can you say it's happening for me? <laughs> I'm just going to 
<laughs> right? But it took me a long time to be in a space of realizing that like, okay, so this is happening for me as opposed to to me. And to me is a victim mentality, right? And, and victims, Correct. nothing changes. Nothing changes as a victim. We stay right where we are. So I knew I had right. to change, but that's a real transition, isn't it? Like changing those words. Oh, yes. 100%. Mm. Um, and to, to add to the analogy that you said with the drowning, there's a quote that's on my fridge that I love and I always go back to it. It's, you don't drown by falling in the water. You drown by staying there. And I love it's just, that it's, one. It's, it's, yeah, it's so relatable and, and it makes so much sense. Um, yeah. Once you, yeah, you have, to, you have to understand, accept, acknowledge what's happening and what does mm. it mean and how do we move forward from here? And until you do that, you may even think you're over some stuff, but you're not. You're carrying it around. And once I really truly detached from all that, I felt so free and light. Awesome. That's awesome. But see, now that you're in that space, not now, but you did this, but that you're in this space of feeling free and light. Now I believe you can serve at a whole new level. Correct. Right? Yeah. And you can serve oh, yes. at a whole new level. And that's where I, that's where I feel like you can make that impact because you are not holding on to all of the past stuff because it doesn't serve you anymore. But now right. you can actually step into a space of making a real difference and an impact with others. And also it makes you a lot more relatable because, you know, each client may be going through something a little bit different, but mm-hmm. the end result is it's all, it's always, you know, it's something heavy that all of us have weighing us down. And yeah. it is possible to break free of it. You just mm-hmm. need some, you know, some guidance and some tips and techniques, but you don't have to carry around your past forever. You can let no. it go. You can own it and you can fly. Mm-hmm. I love that message. Thank you so much for that message. Where's the best way for people to connect with you, follow you? Where do you hang out the most? I'll make sure all of your contacts in the show notes, but where do you hang out the most? I would say I hang out the most um, on Instagram. Mm-hmm at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. Also mm-hmm. Facebook, I have a private group which has a very intimate um, gathering and a ton of engagement. It's called Cultivate Lasting Symphony. Nice. And then also the YouTube channel, Craig Siegel. And um, I just launched my brand new podcast, The CLS Experience. Uh, actually, the trailer came out last week. I have a bunch of episodes filmed that I'm super excited to drop season one. And oh, also- awesome. Yes. And at some point sooner than later, can't wait to have you as a guest on the show. I would love it. I would love it. I would love to be a guest and support another podcaster. I podcasting has been such a beautiful thing in my life and business because it has connected me with people I would have never met. Like I just, it has really been, yeah, it's been a beautiful thing. If you would have told me three years ago when I fumbled my way through figuring out whatever this was going to be, it's, it's, it's been a beautiful thing. But also I can tell you that, you know, just because people have a message to say doesn't necessarily mean it's going to come across as compelling. I think that you are very sharp and you're very charismatic and you're very good at the podcasting and you have the type of story and also the delivery where I want to listen to it. I don't want to skip episodes. So you're doing a great job with that. I just want to let you know that. Look at me. I'm going to receive that. Thank you so much. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much. That was okay. That just made my day. (laughs) <laughs> in my day. All right. So I have two more questions that I want to ask you. Um, sure. What, impa- what impact do you want to have in the world? What impact do you want to leave, create, or do in the world? So I've been getting so many messages as of late. It's hard to even catch up. And I say that so humbly. Um, 
of the people that are just watching my stuff, my videos, um, and getting a message from it and getting a, a spark. You know, I had someone message me yesterday, someone that I don't even know. And he's been mm -hmm. following me the whole time. And he said, one of the videos I recently put out about, you know, nothing changes if nothing changes and you don't like the way 2020 started, but you are in the driver's seat for how it ends. Um, just seeing everybody react so positively and watch my content and then want to do amazing things. So I guess the answer to your question is, you know, the one-on-one -on -one coaching that I have right now is unbelievable. I love my clients and my family. They're very intimate, but ultimately I'm going to take CLS to another stratosphere so that we can reach more people and impact more lives. A hundred percent. I think that, that if you take your message further, whether it's group coaching, your messaging, like that becomes, it really opens up a beautiful way of collaborating to see people working together, to see the message yes. go further. It's, yeah, it's really powerful. It is really powerful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. I have loved this conversation and I really appreciate you being so real and honest with us and sharing parts of yourself, which makes you so good at what you do. I have one last question for you and it is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Um, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. The lesson in life that I am most grateful for is when I thought I had it all, um, and I thought that I was on the path and then that got basically taken away from me and the, the rug slipped out from underneath me uh, and I fell on my ass uh, for lack of better words, yeah. you know, from there, because this is probably going to happen to most people at some point when you're not mm -hmm. expecting it, you have two choices. You can do nothing and you can dwell and you can be in a bubble of misery or you can do something. And you can transform from reactive to proactive and begin to dwell in a proactive bubble of serenity. And you, there's always a move to be made. There's always um, a position to be taken and you can always move forward. And it might be different, but my personal opinion is it's a blessing in disguise and it's going to lead you to your destiny and where you're meant to be. So, so what I want to wrap up with is when you're going through something and you're going through hell, understand that there's a bigger picture ahead and this all happens for a reason and not to carry it around with you make peace with it own it and be open for the next chapter because the ending of your story has not been written yet not even close to been written yet i love this i love all of that that's such a great powerful message and thank you for sharing that with us my pleasure marja Oh, thank you so much for being on the show today, Craig. I really enjoyed this conversation. I cannot wait to be a guest on your show and to launch this out into the world. Yes, I can't wait for that as well. And I'm going to dive deep as well. So get ready. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Trust me. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life. <laughs>